American Hammers Radio with Tex and Liam from the Fresno Irons. Hello and welcome into another edition of the Bearded Bastards Radio here on American Hammers Network. This is Tex, joined with Liam. I'm not fucking happy. <laughs> I'm not fucking happy, Liam. Liam, do you have anything positive to say? Because this is going to be a very bitter text for this show. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit of the gloom and doom patrol on, on this episode. I will try to bring some levity and positivity to the episode, as I do for most of them. Uh, but let's all be honest, of them, man, actually. All of them at this point. Uh, but let's be honest, man, I'm going uh, to be grasping at straws to try to try to keep it together. What is left of that whiskey bottle is 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 going to be gone. This this night we are not going to survive. Yeah, fuck this <laughs> night. Fuck this season. Oh, three on the spin. Last time we did this, Pellegrini was in charge and we lost four straight, and that was the end of him. He didn't even make it to Christmas. So to this season, I say that's me opening the whiskey bottle because that's where I'm at. Liam, shall we sip Grandpa's old cough syrup? Because I'll tell you right now, STDs are coming and we need something. Oh yeah. Mm. It tastes like shit because we're playing like shit. Oh, that's got a. That's it's got strong. Some, it's strong. It's 124 got, proof. Let's be what? honest. It's 124 proof. Holy shit! And yeah. Fuck this season. Yeah that 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 one hits uh, that one hits kind of singes the nostrils. It does. That that'll put hair on your chest. Yeah. It's made with bits of real panther, so you know it's good. <laughs> 60% of the time, it works every time. God damn. It needs to work 100% of the time right now. West Ham United obviously start off this season. They get out on the field against Brighton, which is the banana peel that we seem to always slip on. And I don't understand why. And would you know it, Brighton comes out and our new boy, our new center back, I don't even want to say his fucking name. I'll let you say it so I don't have to. Kara. <laughs> fucking Kara. You know, uh, gives away a penalty. I honestly... He didn't have much choice. They slot the penalty home one nothing. It is what it is. West Ham have an opportunity to get back in the game. They can't really do much. It's almost like it's static. It's stale. There's not a lot of creativity happening. It's players are playing different games. And then sure as shit, one of the better passes I've seen in a long time puts Trissard through. And, you know, Trissard slots it away. He gets one-on-one with the keeper. He wins the battle. 2 nil. And then at that point, you knew it was over. West Ham United go down for the third game in a row. Already have lost two at home, which last season was almost a fortress for West Ham United. And we've already lost two. Um, I'm going to read you off the list of all the teams in the Premier League right now who have not scored a goal. West Ham United. List (laughs) ends. We have not even scored a goal. I am really starting to get concerned. I want it to be positive, but there's not much to take away from the game. So I'm going to go ahead and shut my mouth right now because the anger is building. I'm going to (laughs) take a sip of this whiskey and I'm going to let you give me your thoughts on the shit show that was Sunday against Brighton at the London Stadium. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was... It was definitely a difficult game to watch. I think we we kind of knew going into it that Brighton was going to be difficult. Like you've said, they've been a banana peel since they've come up. We've we've only ever drawn against them. We've never beaten them either home nor away. And it is difficult to be three games on the bounce with no wins. And then when you consider the last 10 matches in the Premier League, so going back into last season, so the last seven matches, we only had one win and two draws. 
during that time. Now, there were obviously goals that were scored, uh, but having four goals against Norwich is not going to save us <laughs> at the early days of this of this campaign. So I think there there's two sides to the coin, right? I don't think that we looked particularly great against Brighton, but I saw flashes of the team that we are going to be. Obviously, bringing on players like Skamaka, bringing on players like Cornet, um, having Kira, even though he did give away the penalty, the rest of the match, he looked great. I really had no complaints um, on him after that one. And even, even with that tackle, he does pull out of it because he realizes he's not going to get the ball. Uh, although I don't think he makes contact with the player, he is changing the player's trajectory and their stride, which is enough to be able to give the, uh, to give at least the foul. I thought it was a, about a good yard before you're hitting the 18 yard box. So I, I wouldn't have given a penalty. I would have said it was a free kick just outside the box. Um, but you know, if the, if there's not enough evidence to overturn the decision on the field, then, you know, we're, we're in VARs or we're in the officials hands at that point. The second goal was very reminiscent to the second goal that we gave up against Manchester City, right? That through ball where the center backs are too high up the pitch. And I mean, at, at that point, it was Zuma and it's Johnson. Um, center backs are too high up. They're not fast enough to be able to catch the the attacker at that point, And they slot it home. Almost identical, right? My concern is is that we still haven't really gotten a consistent center back pairing. And I think that shows we were very culpable last season with giving up goals and they were very stupid goals. Most majority of the time, uh, you know, it was always a makeshift back line because people were either suspended or they were injured or, uh, whatever the case may be. And I think we've, we've run into a lot of that again this season, which I, I think for myself, and I, I think you would echo this as well it seemed like we were going to have much more depth than what we had had previously, at least in the center back positions. We relinquished the depth that we really had for right back and left back, but, and we'll get to this in rumor in the transfer window, uh, there are reinforcements coming. So I think while there are a lot of things that are things to be worried about, I am not counting us out yet. I don't think we're going to be anywhere near a relegation scrap this season. I think it's just been a poor start. We've had multiple players coming through that have not had a time, had the sufficient time to acclimate to the the squad. Uh, but as this season continues to progress, we're going to look really good. I'm I'm not super worried, at least not of yet. Oh, I'm I'm very worried, <laughs> and I'm very worried because of who the manager is and what his mo is and how his ability is to change the starting eleven. He likes consistency. Well. When we get to the starting 11 at the end of the show, I'm I'm hoping to see five guys dropped. And I mean, I'm going to get tore up, but it's fine because something has to change right now. And there it's not working. And because it's not working, you you can't beat your head against a wall that many times and expect the definition of insanity, Liam, is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. David Moyes, I'm starting to wonder if he's becoming insane. Because we have to do something. Oh man, I, I'm I'm incredibly worried because I look at our squad and I look at Brighton squad. There's not one player Brighton have that I want to put in our starting eleven. Not one. Yeah. There wasn't one at Nottingham Forest I want in our starting eleven. And we lost both of those games. That's frustrating. We should have six points right now. 
That's what we should have. I Easy. don't think anybody thought we were hoping for a draw game one against Manchester City. But City looks dominant. They just drew against Newcastle over the weekend. 3-3 was nuts. And so I'm looking at the situation. So right now, in my opinion, because you know I go through and I do the points, what I think, I said that we'd have 60, between 65 and 68 points is what I thought we would get. Okay? We're already six points behind that. That yeah. means we're going to have to win two games to get back on track that we're not supposed to win. That means you got to go beat Arsenal away and you got to go beat Chelsea away in order to balance the season. Yeah. You know, if, if you look at it like balancing the checkbook, because I don't, I like, yes, do I think West Ham United sh- could win the league? Yeah, because I'm a fan and that's short for <laughs> fanatic. And that's what we do. But if I'm living in reality, we're not really a contender to win the league. However, we could be a contender for the top four. Mm-hmm. Ball's got to bounce go away. But when you start the season like this, it makes it incredibly difficult. And Fuck you, Manchester United. You had to go out and beat Liverpool. Now we're the worst goddamn team in the Prem. We're sitting at the bottom. Haven't scored a goal. I'm incredibly worried. I, You know, I'm going to be honest right now. I'm not even going to try to date anybody anymore because if they find <laughs> out that I'm rooting for West Ham United, it's just going to be a failure. Yeah. Like this is such a frustrating start to the season with so much promise. And I'm not going to sit here and be the guy, well, look how we ended the season. No, fuck that noise. It's a new season. Yeah. Okay. David Moyes has to look in the mirror now. He, he has done a phenomenal job of cleaning the rot out of this club, but the same shit is happening that happened at his tenure at Manchester United. Obviously it was accelerated because he wasn't backed. He's going to have to reinvent this team. He has to do it. All the transfer targets that he has told me he's trying to go to a back three fucking play the back three. If that's where you're going, let's get it now. I'd rather lose trying something new than continue to lose doing the same old shit. And it's very, very frustrating for me right now. So my worry level, let, let's give our worry level on a scale of one to 10. I'm sitting at an eight. Like that's where I'm up. sitting. I'm yeah. very high up there. I'm, I'm worried at an eight. And if we go out against Aston Villa and we draw... I'm going to move to a nine because we have to win these games. I believe Aston Villa is the team right above us in the table right now. Yeah. And we have to start showing our class and who we are as a side. And I am sick and tired of not being the team that I know we are. So it's actually uh Villa's up at uh, 13th. It's Leicester. That's right above us. It's no, us, it's, it's, Leicester it's, and Wolves. Villa's wins don't count, so they're they're right above us. They don't count. But I think okay, but I think that's where this early in the season, that's probably why I don't have the the. I'm not at an eight where you are. I'm probably to be honest, I'm more like a four because I just think it's too early to to bring out the doomsday clock. I just don't think we're there yet. I mean, if you look at the table right now, us at the bottom, above us is Leicester, Wolves, Everton, and then Liverpool in 16th. We know Liverpool is not going to finish in the bottom half of the table. There's nobody on the planet that thinks Liverpool is going to finish anywhere really outside of the top six. Remember last season, Arsenal started out fucking horrible. And where'd they end up? Above us. You know what I mean? I think that's that's where this early, I think we just can't, we just can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like it's just, it's it's too soon for us to think that this is where it is. 10 games in, yeah, you could probably start looking at it with a little bit more of a microscope and go, okay, maybe now we need to be a little bit more concerned, but kind of looking at where the table is now, your top four Arsenal, Man City, Leeds, and then Spurs. 
let's be honest. Leeds is not going to finish up in that top four. Jesse Marsh is doing great things with that team. I'd be surprised if they finish in the top half of the table. Arsenal's not going to sit up top. Man City's going to sweep them. Absolutely going to happen. And Spurs, they're fucking Spurs. They're going to pull, uh, they're going to be Spursy. That's they're gonna, so Spursy. They're gonna, yeah, they're going to do the same fucking shit they do every year. And they're going to drop like a, like a, um, they're going to drop faster than third period French. They're fucking, they're, they're out. And you got to remember, and this is something that I think a lot of people are not taking into consideration. The World Cup is in fucking November this year. We are recruiting Italians like it's going out of style. Guess what fucking country is not in the World Club? Italy. So we're going to have a, a, a group of players that are going to come into their own as we're getting closer to that World Cup. And we're not going to be handicapped the way that a lot of the other teams are, where they've recruited exclusively these top-level players from teams that are going to showcase in the World Cup. Declan Rice, kind of playing like shit right now, but he'll be away with England during the World Cup. So guess what? Won't be one that we're going to have to fully be worried about. Right now, if you're going to ask me, am I worried? The only thing I'm worried about is that we have players that last season, we made excuses for why they were a little bit out of form when they performed wonderfully the season before. And I'm talking about Suchek and Sufal. Neither of them, in my opinion, and I think I've seen this a lot on Twitter, neither of them have really gotten back. And I wouldn't even say gotten back close to that first season form. I'd say they've actually year over year gotten a little bit worse. And that that's worrisome for me. Cresswell is Cresswell. There's sometimes he's good. Sometimes he's a little bit off. I think he was uncharacteristically quiet, but he also has a player. He also has kind of a revolving door of players on that left-hand side in front of him because it's either been Fornells or Ben Rama or Cornet. And there just isn't that consistency for him to kind of build that partnership with what we saw last season and the season before, even when it was like Masawaku ahead of him. Like there was a little bit more of an understanding of how they were going to play on that left-hand side. And I think that's what we're running into. Players just don't fully know what they are supposed to do, which is bizarre to me because we've played essentially the same starting 11, but think about who is missing in that 11 that we had at the back end of the year. Craig Dawson. Craig Dawson is more of a player than I think any of us considered and in what he can do to try to shore up that back line. He's the put his fucking head through the wall type player. We saw that when he would go in on reckless tackles at the midfield line and get a straight red card injected from the game. But we also saw it on corner kicks where he was lethal. And it's this is what I'm going to say with Craig Dawson. Opposing teams knew to put multiple players on him, which freed up other people to get their head on the ball, whether it was Rice or Suchek or, or, or Zuma or whoever, Dawson drew players to him. And that's the type of thing that we're missing. We're missing where Bowen would get in the box and he would draw two and three defenders to him, which would free up Mickey Antonio. Or what we saw against Vibor last week, last week that partnership with Benrama and Antonio on the third goal before they banged it in, that was all taste of the start of last season when we dominated Wolves and Leicester and Everton and games like that. We haven't found that yet, but there's glimpses of it. That's why I'm not past a five on my worry level because I don't think we're, I don't think we're the team that was the relegation scrap, you know, back in what 2019 before Moyes took over from Pellegrini. I, I, you bring up some good points, but I, I, I gotta, I gotta play devil's advocate when I got to tell you, it's like glimpses aren't enough. And when you're chasing a top six finish, 
which is what the goal is for West Ham United, that we've set the precedent over the past two years. You cannot start like this. Okay. Like what Arsenal did last year with their poor start, good on them. But most of the times that doesn't take when you drop points in games, you should win. It comes back to haunt you late in the season. But think about what Ben Johnson said in that recent interview where he, he, he called it a backhanded compliment that teams are building out their system to combat what we do. Teams have to plan for West Ham United, which they didn't in years past. We would come out, they would play their game plan, and Moyes basically was like, fuck it, we're going to do our game plan. And nobody knew how to handle our counterattack. But now they plan for that. They know specifically what to do. You and I have talked about this. The high press counter counterattack is essentially what teams have had to do. Man City is going to do Man City. They're going to possess 73% of the of the ball and they're going to do their game plan. They're going to it's death by a thousand cuts. But Brighton, Brighton had to play a system that was going to specifically target our system. Forrest basically did the same thing. They had to plan for our system. Vibor's goal came from a set from the set piece, basically not a set piece because it was a cross into the box, but it was basically get a tall guy into the box, try to head over our players. And I mean, unfortunately it was Sufal who didn't read the player coming into the box. So I think you've, you've got, you've got, like you said, the glimpses aren't going to be enough to completely win the game, but it's the, it's not just the glimpses. It's the structure of what we're building and trying to in, trying to integrate these new players into this system. Moyes understands that what he's doing isn't going to, isn't going to always work, and he knows he needs a plan B, which is why he's been so adamant about, about bringing in these players. But Moyes has done enough for me, for me to trust the system and trust that he will get us good, even though it may not be on our timeline. And that's what I have to It, it needs to be on my timeline, okay? <laughs> I'm not doing well. Hair's falling out. Um, not eating well, being in the bathroom a lot, needs to get his shit together. And I, I see what you're saying. I, I just, my devil's advocate is always going to be this. You're saying that teams are playing the system. Well, we have to have a plan B when it's not working. And I still feel like that is the flaw. That is the chink in David Moyes' armor is that he doesn't have a true plan B. And, you know, when shit isn't working, go play the back three, do something, move it around. You know, like play Antonio and Skamaka together up top instead of pushing Antonio out to the wing. Let's see something happen. But with that said, and you mentioned it, we have new players coming in and a new player has been announced. So we're going to go to the transfer expert on the show, which is the one, the only Liam Bright. Woo-hoo. All right. So uh, Emerson Palmieri from Chelsea, uh, much needed cover in the left back position. Uh, this is a Brazilian player who switched allegiances to Italy and plays as a left back, can also play as a, as a left wing back or in a pinch, a left winger should we need it. Uh, Moyes had said that this is the, the cover that we needed for Cresswell. I think he says that because he does still understand and respect what Cresswell is to this club. This is Cress's replacement. Cress will be the person that is brought in for the international games, for the cup games. I fully expect Emmy to, to take that starting position. And to be honest, we need it. Uh, he's technically gifted. He has pace. Uh, this is the, pardon me, this is the type of player that 
most West Ham fans have probably been wishing for 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 years now. And it was the player that we knew Masawaku was never going to be. Masawaku had great little stepovers and flares and whatnot before he was injured. When you really dial back to like maybe the 2016 season where he, you see the highlight reels where he's doing like the stepovers and nutmegs and kicking the ball, like sombrero style over other players. We haven't seen that Masawaku in, in years, let's be honest. And I, and I think that's why this type of player is so critical for us to be able to, to bring in. And it sets, not that it sets the tone. I think, I think the early days, like when we were bringing in Skamaka for this, for this window, I think that was setting the tone for the type of player, the caliber of player that Moyes wanted to bring in. And as much as I want to, th- you know, kick and scream and shout about the board and, and I was, I was, I still am GSB out. I, I don't think that they're, they really have our club's best interests at heart. I mean, I think it's always their business is going to be more important than our love of the, of the team. But I think Krasinski's influx of money and his dedication to what he believes his team can be is why we're bringing in the players that we're bringing in at this point. Uh, Emerson, for me, you've got to put him in the starting 11 like that, that, Absolutely shouldn't be a, well, we have to wait for him to get acclimated to the Premier League. Fuck that noise. He's already acclimated. He was a Premier League player. Exactly. I think that, that to me is the, it's a, it's a, it's a non-starter. Um, but this, this, as you know, we piggyback off of last week, right? Where Maxwell Cornet was brought in. Um, you know, you, you're bringing in all of these different players and you look at the money that was spent and it's, it's not the West Ham of old where like we're penny pinching and we're sitting on our laurels and like, look at January transfer window where all these players were passing us by Calvin Phillips, right? Couldn't get it over the line. Couldn't get it over the line. These were players that would have made, they would have been game changers for us. 110%. But Jean-Lucas Kamaka, 35.5 mil. Uh, Nayef Aguirre, 30 mil. Maxwell Cornet, 17.5 mil. Emerson Palmieri, 15 mil, Flynn Downs, 12 mil, Alphonse Areola, yeah, it was a loan that, but we did pay the money to get the player. 10.5 mil. Thilo Kerar, 10.1 mil. Dude, this is 127.85 million pounds that was spent in this transfer window. And word on the street is we're not done. That they're still looking to bring in one, possibly two more players, one of which, Lucas Paqueta, currently with Lyon. Looks like we've offered about 35 mil plus add-ons. This could take it up over 40 million pounds if we get this over the line. Attacking midfielder basically would be that Jesse Lingard role. Play, you know, we've seen him play. Um, he's another Brazilian player, right? Like this is exactly the type of player we need because this is Lanzini Prime. And we know what type, we know what Lanzini could do before that injury. And this is the type of player, this is 100% the type of player that we need. Versatile, tech, uh, technical, attacking, only 24 years old. I mean, this is this is amazing. We're drawing guys just entering the prime of their careers. And this is going to con- completely, for me, change the complexity, change what we're able to bring to the table. Still rumors saying that Connor, Gall- or, uh, Connor Gallagher is another potential loan option. And if we were able to get uh, Emerson over the line with Chelsea, maybe there's... There's some actual truth to this. Um, for me, I think if we get Paqueta, that's that's like a nine out of ten transfer window. It's just down to Moyes giving these guys the minutes, and it can't be at the 85th. When did he bring on Cornet against Brighton? It was like the 80th minute or something. Gave him like 13 minutes of playtime. 
Can't do that, man. And I get it. He had just played on Thursday against um, Vibor. Vibor. But look what he did. He brought the assist for Skamaka. You need to continue to build on that. I would have had them play as a starters, and then I would have brought in the replacements after that. But for you, when you look at that as a transfer window, does this change your concern? Like, not not so much against Brighton, but just overall season, looking at the encapsulation of the entire season, does that change how you feel about this? It doesn't, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, now, we've spent, yeah, 100%. <laughs> we've spent more money in this transfer window than we ever did with Pellegrini. Um, the pl- the quality of, of talent that we've brought in, I felt like maybe they aren't the marquee names, but people that are in the footballing world know these are good players. Yeah. So Cornet had multiple suitors going after him. Skamaka had multiple suitors going after him and we got him. So I like it. This is where my problem comes in. I don't buy that. These are all these guys are first choice players for Moyes. I don't buy that. Um, I think there's other guys. Calvin Phillips was a guy that I clearly know he wanted. And the reason I know he wanted him is to replace Suchek. And now we're seeing why he's clearly been right about Suchek. Suchek is deteriorating. Yeah. Um, You know, his play is not meshing with what's happening. Um, Pencata, I'll tell you right now. Did I say his name right? Paqueta. Paqueta. If we get Paqueta in, that's a huge signing. Um, I I really like that one. But the guy that excites me, Connor Gallagher, and I'll tell you why. Englishman, plays hard. I I don't really watch Connor Gallagher and think he's this technically gifted player that does things, but he's a hustle player, which fills the void of Mark Noble. Yeah. Is he Mark Noble? No, I'm not saying that he is, but he's a good young English player that people can get behind. And I think he's going to come in and do something. So as weird as it is to say, I'm more excited about the prospect of Connor Gallagher joining because of what he did at crystal. He was arguably crystal palace's best player behind oh, Zaha. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. Zaha is always going to be one for them. Yeah. But you know, I, I really like what this player can bring to the club, but I, yeah, I'm still worried. And I got to ask you this question, how much of a difference are these players going to make? And I think you have to factor in Moise. You have to kind of look at it from Moise's perspective. Is Moise going to give these guys some minutes? So tell me this, you know, give it to me like a high, medium, low. Are these guys going to really affect the team in a positive direction kind of affect the team or not really. And you have to factor in Moyes. So what do you think about these players? Like for me, it's wish I'm sure it's wishful thinking or maybe like recency bias because it's just, we've never seen this much activity from West Ham in a transfer window. Like for me ever, like in the 20 year, 20 some odd, 23 now, 23 years I've been following this fucking team. God, no wonder I'm a piece of shit. Um, in my, my history, I can't remember us bringing in this, the, the, these this many players of this type of of uh, of talent level, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry, we're we're going refills. Refill. Uh, well, we got to get rid of that whiskey because you you're not a fan. Um, and it's I think for me, like it's it's great to have players that are talented, players that you feel that can make an impact. But I love the fact that these were players that multiple other teams were looking at and had bids in. And for some of them, they chose West Ham over other country or other teams. And I think like, that's, that's big. Like for me, it needed to be players that wanted to come to West Ham 
right? Like we've had enough of the mercenaries. Last week I talked about how I didn't want Payette back because all he's not coming. He wouldn't be coming back because he loves West Ham or feels like he has unfinished business. He's coming for a payday and he knows we'll play him. Like that's not what I want. I don't want those players. I want players like Jean-Lucas Kamaka who uh, buy into the system. They buy into the project. What Moyes is trying to do. I don't know if you watched the presser, um, the pre-Vibor presser that Moyes had. He was very candid. They didn't really ask him questions about Vibor. Like, they literally were just asking questions about Brighton, about the new players that are coming in, about... They even asked him about Paqueta. And he was like, yes, we do have a bid in on that player. And he never admits to putting bids in on players. But this is one that, at least for me, I believe he thinks this can come over the line. We literally had just heard about Emerson Palmieri, and we get it over the line. The week before, we had just heard about Carrer, or Thilo Carrer, and we get it over the line. Like It has never been this quick where players identified and then they commit. Is there any part of you that thinks these are panic buys? I'm just, I'm being no, honest. No, 100%, because think about what we had before. It was always, um, I can't think of the agent's name, Saltwater or Saltman or something like that. I think it's douchebag. Sorry. Yeah, no, yeah they're right. I think it's pronounced douchebag. But he's like best friends with uh, um, David Sullivan. And so all the buys that we were getting were these dudes that were recommended to Sullivan. And he thinks he's fucking football manager. Like he's playing the game and he can just buy whoever he wants. These are not players. They're like, these are players that Moyes wants. And I know you were saying like, you don't feel like these are first choice players. I kind of think they are. And what we did this season was we got rid of the, the, the old guard, right? The, the Pellegrini leftovers that were not Moyes' choice. Now we have that. I think where we run into a problem, and Moyes said this in the presser, we don't have Mark Noble. And it was more than just what he did on the pitch. It was what he did behind the scenes. And he even said, and I don't think he was trying to shit on Rice about this, but Rice is not the leader that Mark Noble was. He didn't say that Rice couldn't grow into being that leader, but he ba- Moyes basically said what I said last week. We do not have that level of leadership. We have people that can be leaders, but not what Mark Noble was able to do for this club. And I think at halftime against Brighton, if Mark Noble is in that dressing room, we come back and at least draw that game. That's the difference. Same thing against Forrest. We come back in, we win that game. It's all well and good to go and throw 3-1 against Vibor. Whatever. It's the Danish fifth place team. I don't give a fuck about them. Out right? of seven teams. Totally. Right? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> out, of, out of four teams and some other fifth. <laughs> but you like we had we drew Blackburn Rovers, right? For Carabao Cup. If we go out and smash Blackburn, awesome. Great. I'm glad it takes us to the next, you know, the next uh round in, in Carabao. You and I both know that placing in the top six, potentially placing four in the Premier League is Moyes' goal. He'd love to have deep runs in Europe and then the cup matches. Moyes will always care more about placement in the Premier League than he will for any of the cups. With that being said, the focus needs to be now integrating these players, which he said, well, these players have to prove that they're Premier League potential or, you know, uh, worthy. Well, fucker, you bought them. Play them. Get them ready. That's your job as a manager is to get these players ready. It's not just on them to prove themselves. You need to get them ready. So we see the results on the pitch. You hit the nail on the head for what I was just going to say. <laughs> and so I don't need to say it. So I'm going to move on to the next part because 
I think I've expressed my concerns, and and clearly we, we we've, we're not going to shy away from this. I'm the heart. You're the brains <laughs> of this show. It's so um, true. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I really like the way you've breaking it down. I, I'm not going to sit there and, and back away from the fact that I am worried, but I, you, you raise a lot of good points where I think West Ham United still have an opportunity to save this season and, and don't throw the baby out with the bathwater quoting you earlier. Um, do you worry after three games? I do. Cause I'm a fan. It's a fanatical thing. And I'm just, I'm just so upset because it's not like, it's not like, like, it's not like we're sitting here and we've almost won this game. We've got beaten down by now the, the Nottingham forest game. We should have locked, man. But we got yeah. beat down by Brighton and that's what is so frustrating. So with that said, you're saying, let's not throw the season away. So I, I got to ask you this, Liam, you are the brains of the show. Where the hell are these points going to come from? Where do they come from, Liam? Because I look at it and it's it's a little bit of a daunting task. And when we're again, we're talking Premier League football here. We're not talking about the you know the cup games and stuff like that. So I got to know where are these points coming from? So when you look at the the next couple of games, right? Villa away, which the last couple seasons we've we've typically dominated Villa. There's something about the style of their play versus ours that they, they do not do well against us. And remember last season or, you know, yeah, at the end of last season, we like, we didn't have uh Lingard. So we, we were able to, I think we still pulled the four points, right? It was a draw and a win yes, sir. against them last season. After that, we've got Tottenham at home. We always rise to the occasion. Tottenham, when we play Tottenham, either home or away. So I'm going to say both of those are points. If not one point from each game, I'm going to say we could probably pull three from Villa away. And then we can at least get a draw at home against Spurs. If not, they go full Spursies and we get the win at home, which let's be honest, man, if we're going to win a, a game at home to for this season, after losing the last two at home, winning against Spurs is fucking prime West Ham. After that, Chelsea away last season, right? Pulled four points against Chelsea. Totally. And you, you have said this multiple times. We play to the level of competition. So when we play teams like Spurs and Arsenal and Liverpool and Man U, even if we do lose or it's a draw, it's still fucking close. We don't get left in the dust. We still look good in these games. And then after that, so if we're just looking at the next four, we're at home against Newcastle. Yeah. They just took three, you know, they drew three, three against Man City. But we fucking decimated Newcastle last season. No reason we can't do that again. I think that we've had some bad run to start out this season. We've been slowly trying to integrate players. And think about it. Every week, there has been a new player brought in. And they haven't had the time to acclimate. If I have any complaint or any concern, it's that we didn't get this business done earlier so we could have had these guys for the preseason friendlies. So by the time we went up against Man City, we could have had Kera and Gianluca Scamacca and Maxwell Cornet, like Emerson Palmieri, like these players would have been immediate impact players had we had them for preseason and could have started the season with with that that type of a starting eleven. But for you, like when you think about even just these next four matches, do you not see points there, or do you see this all as potential defeats? So I'm going to give you my hope is that we can pull off ten points over the next four games. That's my hope. The reality of the situation, when I look at it, this is what I think. I think 
We should get the win against Villa. We're probably going to lose to Tottenham. I don't see us picking up points against Chelsea at home. Newcastle, we get at home. I would like to see a win, but it could be a draw, and we should beat Everton at home. So maybe only five. Well, Everton's away. Chelsea's away. Yeah, that's. I'm sorry. I don't see us beating Chelsea at their house. At their house. I didn't clarify that. And I, I think we can beat Everton at their house. For sure. Yeah. So I, the way that I kind of look at it, the pessimist tells me we're only going to get five points, but I think we should get 10. Yeah. And uh, I think if, if West Ham are going to do anything this year, they need to find a way to at least get nine, eight, nine points out of this. Yeah. But I, I really do believe in my heart that they're capable of getting 10. You know, I think we can pull a win against Tottenham. I think Chelsea, we can get a draw. I'll give room for a stupid loss in there to somebody. But I, I really think we can pull off 10 points. And that, that's the optimist in me. The pessimist says five. The optimist says 10. We fall somewhere in the middle there. Okay, great. But if West Ham have any desire to finish in the top four, any desire in the top four, if that's David Moyes' goal, because David Moyes has always been very candid. He said, I don't know if we're quite there yet. He said that multiple times last year, even in our run in Europe. So like, I don't know if we're quite there yet to make a run to be in the top four. I, I, he's, not a, he's not a stupid man. Yeah. So depending on what he believes, we're going to find out because I think we should be able to get 10 points. You know, if Manchester United, who are a fucking dumpster fire, can go out there and beat Liverpool, Fucking, we better be able to go out and get 10 points over these next four games. Like, you know, this is the prim, anything's possible. So that's what I think. How, how many points do you see us getting? Yeah, I, I could say 10. I mean, it, it, like we said, Villa Villa could potentially be a win. I'm going to go Spurs as a win. I think we beat them in our in our house because it's fucking Spurs. Uh, Chelsea away, man. I don't think Chelsea's looked all that great this season, you know? And it's funny because I think... Uh, What's his name? Tuchel. I think he kind of sees that as well. I think that's why he was so frustrated in that Spurs match. You saw the little handshake stare down between those two fucktards, like those fuckwads. Well, fun fact, just so anybody knows, Tuchel in German means shithead. I don't know nice, if you knew that, nice. but that's true. You can hook that up. It's a fact. Well, and I, I don't know for a lot of people if they know this, but I'm Irish-Italian, and, uh, and Antonio Conte actually transma- translates into big fucking cunt. So that's Two. really that's really interesting, right? Also, when you're Irish Italian, you shave your legs, which we found out today. Ooh, Did not know, do. but you do have glorious tattoos yes. on the legs, so I get it. Um, and you and are a hairy bastard, so you know you got to keep the wife happy. This is true, and and my legs are so thick I can mule kick somebody through a wall, so it's pretty nice. <laughs> it's pretty nice, which is true. I'm looking at them now, and I'm I'm regretting saying what I said because I don't want to get kicked. This is true. This is true. But I, I think that's the that's that's the thing, right? When you look at the Premier League as a whole. And Moyes has said this. There's no easy games anymore. Like, there's not a match that you walk into and go, oh, this is a definite win. Because on any day, anybody can beat anybody. Look at, what was it, two seasons ago, right? Because Norwich went down that season. They beat, they were like Liverpool's first loss for that whole season. Like, Liverpool was undefeated, and then they faced fucking Norwich. And Norwich beat some, not even like 1-0. It was like 3-0. It was a fucking dismantling. And I think that's what it comes down to is you've, it's it's tough for West Ham because we've been a thin squad. We've been we're up to these new recruits. We've been an aging squad, right? Where you still have guys like Ogbana who are are who are a bit older, Antonio in his early 30s, right? You've got these guys that are getting up there in years and you don't have a lot of stiff competition for those positions. Like we were just talking about Suchek. 
there's really not another person that's going to take that position right now. Flynn Downs, I think, can potentially get there. But before, if Suchek wasn't performing, you throw Mark Noble on the pitch and you're not losing anything. Mark Noble's going to go out there and run his ass off for 90 minutes. You need that type of player. You need another Mark Noble to step up and make that happen. We said last week that if it's not working with Suchek, fucking throw Lanzini in there. We know he likes to be a deep-lying midfielder, and if Lanzini's on the pitch and Suchek is off, that means you can still play Fornals or Ben Rama. You can still have a playmaker that's on there when Lanzini has to drop deep to grab the ball. That's fine. I don't know why Moyes is so dedicated to this double pivot where Suchek and Rice essentially do the same thing. Let one guy do the defensive midfielder while the other guy is just a deep-lying attacking midfielder. There's no reason he can't play that. He did that at Everton. Why won't he do that at West Ham? Oh, questions that we wish we had answers to. This is why we drink, Liam. This is why we drink. Um, So obviously we're, you know, we have a game tomorrow. Uh, We're film. We are filming. We're recording this show on a Wednesday night. Um, So obviously we play Viborg tomorrow. What is your prediction for that match? We're not going to go into too much detail because frankly, I'm going to be honest. I don't fucking care (laughs) enough to go into too much detail and i am the the douche on the show that doesn't see uh, a lot of value in the conference league forgive me i don't see a lot of value in the efl cup nor the fa cup yes i said it and i'm not backing down from it so uh, what do you see uh what's your prediction for this game against viborg obviously the second leg of the conference game here um we're up 3-1 on aggregate but they did get an away goal but remember, in in the changes in uh, UEFA rules, away goals don't carry more weight than home goals that they did in, in years past. So this is essentially just a 3-1. I think we go to their house. I think it ends up like a 1-1. I think they score a goal. I think we score a goal. So we end up beating them 4-2 on aggregate, and we go through to the next round. I don't think Mo- I think Moyes takes this serious enough for the first half to really be able to throw on you know his preferred uh, players. But he may look at this as a, as an opportunity to play some of the guys that didn't get as many minutes like Cornet in, in the Brighton match. Keep in mind, uh, Emerson, because he was not recruited prior to the first leg, he cannot play in the second leg. So he will not be traveling uh, to uh, Stenmark, right? Because it's Danes. Um, he will not be traveling for this match because he's not eligible. He could He could be eligible for the next round because he would be on the roster list that he could be um, signed up for it, but he will not be eligible for this one. So we can't have him. Kira, I don't know if he is either. Cause I don't, I think don't think Kira is available because he wasn't on the roster for the first game. Yeah. So he wasn't, so he's not eligible for this one as well. Um, but keep in mind last week, Augie came back. So I do believe that Augie will, will head up that back line. I think he captained the back line that game as well, if I if I remember correctly, because Rice was serving out the red card suspension from, <laughs> from the, prior from the previous match. Yeah. So um uh, with this one, we should have Rice back. He'll captain. We'll have out we'll have Augie. Um, I don't think Rice plays all 90. I think he'll probably play the first 45 just to 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 keep consistency in the midfield, but he may play longer than that because Moyes is going to be worried about giving up that second half goal and potentially going down and keeping it too close uh, to finish that out. So I, like I said, I think this still ends a one, one um, and we go through to the next round. There was glimpses of them being potentially 
lethal, but I, I don't think it's enough to be able to come, overcome us. I know you don't care, but what would be your prediction? My prediction is a one nil loss. We still go through on aggregate. Um, I would love to see him play a lot of the young guys. I really liked what I saw out of Harrison Ashby. I really liked what I saw out of Connor Fuck Coventry. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see him let those guys go. And I'd like to see him save those guys and put them in the film room and talk to them for the game coming up against Villa, because I think it's a defining match for the season. I think it's going to, is this a trend or not? So I don't even want to see Rice on the pitch. I would love to see Flynn Downs. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see Connor Coventry get his opportunity back there. Um, I I, lo- I thought Ashby looked incredibly well. Co- Coventry was very good in that game. Um, I don't even really think I want to see Skamaka. Um, I'd love to see him throw Chuck somebody up top, you know, maybe Oxflex to see what he can do. Um, but really I, I look at this game when you have that kind of lead, you have those guys on the bench ready in case they score an early goal that you can go to those players and lock it down, but let's not put those guys on the pitch. Let's focus on the prem. Let's figure out what we got to get right. We're three, three on the spin in the loss category. I would love to see West Ham United correct the ship for that. I, I don't think you need to play those guys, but I do see a one nil loss. I see a hard fought. Love to see some good action from our young boys is what I would really like to see. Well, with that said, and I've already hinted at it. I want them to focus on this game coming up. We have to go to Villa park. Um, huge game. In my opinion for West Ham United, we're going to go a little deeper on this one. So we're going to start off here. What are your thoughts on the game and who is your starting 11 for the biggest match of the year for West Ham United at Villa Park. So do you want me to go with what I would play or what I think Moyes would play? I I want you to go with what you would play because I'm starting to question if you're not smarter than David. Yeah, fucking A, man. I think think Moyes is 100% going to fucking play the exact same thing he always plays. Um, You know, I'm going to go with what I am hoping is going to be what we start to move towards this is going to be this back three. I feel like I've been bringing this up every single week. Oh shit. If you looked at my paper, I swear to God. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm peaking at this point. Um, I'm going to go with that. So if you're looking at back three or back five, right, if it's either a back five, so it's going to be five, two, three, or it's a three, four, three, depending on how you look at it. But my back three is going to be, um, uh, Kera and then Zuma and then, um, Augie. I'm going to actually do that as my back three. I'm dropping Cressy. Sorry, Cress, but I'm going to put Emerson in because I think you need to get him minutes and you need to get it fast. And I also think that Villa won't be prepared for that player. I think they're going to prepare for Cress because they're going to expect that. Um, I'm going to play uh, actually Johnson on the right over Sufal. I don't think that Sufal's done terribly. Not as bad as maybe like Suchek, but I don't think he's done enough to really retain that position. And as much as I don't care for Johnson as a center back, I actually do think he does really well as a, as a um, more of a right wing back uh, position. Ahead of that, I'm going to do Suchek and Rice. Um, obviously, I'm going to do Boren, uh, Bowen, Boren, Bowen and Cornet, and then I'm going to do uh, Skamaka up top. So I'm going to I'm going to assume that Antonio is going to get a lot of minutes um, against Vibor. And I think Skamaka is going to be saved for Villa. What about you? Everything is the exact same, except Cornet starts deeper. Um, I think he starts over Emerson. I think Cornet goes there because 
He'll have a license to go forward in the back three, and then his defensive responsibilities are condensed because of the back three. I do agree with Johnson coming in. I have the same back three you do. Uh, the double pivot is where everybody's going to get mad at me. I'm dropping Suchek. Yeah, I, I, that yeah. would be my only one that I'm a little bit iffy on. And if I'm dropping him, I'm going Lanzini. Who are you going? Uh, the same player. I'm going <laughs> Lanzini. Um, this is why I swear to God you looked at my paper. So, um, but I'm licensing Lanzini to go forward, and I'm because I I'm going to be critical of this player, even though I know he's our best player. Rice has played like shit. Yeah, Rice needs to get back to basics. He needs to focus on defense. He doesn't need to go forward. Let Lanzini do that. Okay. Uh, Lanzini goes forward. I think he gives us an attacking threat. Um, I have Antonio on the left side okay. up front. Skamaka does start with Bowen to the right. I think that's our best attack. And I think people don't realize this. I really think there's something with the inverted wingers and that that we have going on there because you have a left footed right side player in Bowen and a right footed left side player in um, Antonio. And I really like what I think he's trying to do. I like the interchange. I think Skamaka's is fine drifting out either direction. I think Bowen is incredibly dangerous when he gets inverted. And that's what I think we're going to see. And I, I really hope that that's what he plays because I think that's what he's built the team to be. And I think that's always been the plan with Antonio. I think it's to push Antonio out left because he is way better out on the wing. I think everybody forgets he was an inverted winger at Nottingham Forest. Yeah. And he was deadly at Nottingham Forest. I think he scored something like 18 goals, <laughs> you know? And so I think he's sticking back in there and he wants to be a center forward, but the reality is we have a true center forward now and yeah. we got to get him on the pitch. And Skamaka has shown every time he's come on how dangerous he can be. And if he's given more time in a premier league game, I think he's going to get a goal. Yeah. So that's what I see. Uh, with that said, what is your uh, scoreline prediction? Oh, I think we go in and fucking destroy him, man. I think this is going to be like a three, one, four, one, type game. And I think we get like pretty much that starting lineup. I think they all get on the score sheet. So if it's like going with yours, like if it's Antonio, Skamaka, Bowen, fuck it, Lanzini gets a goal too. I think that attacking threat to me decimates that back line. Tyrone Mings is not going to know what the fuck hit him. Um, for me, yeah, let's go. Let's they'll be a little bit more conservative. Let's say three, one. Cause I still think our back line gives up a goal because we always fucking do. Um, what about you? What are you looking at? It's going to be ugly. Um, we're going to, we're going to work shit out. Uh -huh. Okay. He's going to work shit out. I honestly believe West Ham United will win the game one nil. Okay. Um, we'll get a early second half goal. It's going to come off Mikel Antonio's foot. Skamaka is going to be fucking tough to deal with. He won't find the net. It's going to be one of those ugly games. We're figuring out how the system works. It's new. So I don't see it being pretty, but it's going to be an ugly win. And sometimes that's what you got to do to get off the schneid. So I think West Ham win the game one nil with no real threat from Villa. But that little in the back of your mind, because we didn't put them away with two goals, is going to be a hard-fought victory. Um, my man of the match, I'll go first since uh, you went first on the scoreline. My man of the match is clearly going to be Declan Rice. He's going to get back to basics. He's going to be that defensive threat. He's going to break up play. And when you give a player less to do, he's not going to have the pressure to go forward because Lanzini will be there if we use as my starting 11. Um, I really do believe in my heart he'll get back to basics. And then he'll start to do what we know he's 
capable of. Who's your man of the match? You know, actually, now that I'm rethinking it, I'm going to go with that Augie gets on the score sheet and he's going to be my man of the match. I think off of a, a set piece, whether it's a corner kick or a free kick in the on, uh, in the infield, I think that Augie gets his head on the on the ball and he kick starts the goal scoring. I think he's the one that starts it. And then the floodgates open after the fact. So I'm going to go with Ogbonna. I think he's, he's, he's so just a cheeky call out there. Thank cheeky. You. Thank you. Thank I you. like it. All right. Well, that brings us to everybody's favorite part of the show. It's time for the yellow and red cards. Liam, hit me with your yellow. So I switched mine up from our preseason meeting or our, our pre-meeting oh, you discussion. Motherfucker. I swear but to God, you the motherfucker. The more we spoke, the more I was like, you know what? I've, I've got to change it up. My yellow card's got to go to Moyes, right? And I, I think based on the, the conversation we had earlier, I just do not understand why he w- is so reticent to change the formation. We know what is best served to this lineup. We've And it's not even just because we're guessing and it's wishful thinking. We've seen it in fucking action. We know it works. And I do not know why he is so hesitant to do this. I'm going to say we need to go to this back three hybrid back five. And if Moyes doesn't fucking deploy this, I'm going to start tearing my hair out and I'm going to have to wear hats to our podcast meetings. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Cause you have a gorgeous head of hair. Oh, thank you. Thank you. How about you, man? What are you thinking? Uh, my, my yellow card is going to go to Declan rice. Yeah. I fucking said it and I'm saying it again. It goes to Declan. You are now the captain of West Ham United. You learned from the, one of the greatest captains West Ham have ever had in sir. Yes. I'm knighting him. Mark Noble. <laughs> um, so look, Nobles is from wherever my favorite player. You need to take a page out of his book. You need to start grabbing yourself by the scruff of the neck and live up to the expectation that you are. You are touted to be maybe the most expensive Englishman ever sold in the transfer market coming from us. And you're not playing like it right now. You know, Harry Kane ain't going anywhere. So now it's you. All yeah. <laughs> right. So the reality is this, we don't want to sell you, but right now your, your stock is declining because in all three games, I could say you looked lost yeah. and you need to get back to basics. You need to be the player that we need to count on you to be. You need to run that midfield. Mark Noble's not there anymore, buddy. You got to button your own pants. Now you got to wash your own hair, get your shit right. And I'm not, look, this is tough love because I know you're our best player. I know that but you haven't been playing like it. And we've been crying out for you. We need you. You're wearing the band that says captain. You have to know what that means to West Ham United. You have to know what that means to the East end and you have to represent us. And right now the confidence isn't there. I don't know if it was the penalty you took that you missed, but even before that you looked lost in the midfield, figure it out. You're the best player. I know you can. That's why you're getting a yellow card. It's just to put you on notice. It's not to be mean. And he had some weird, like post-match remarks after the Brighton match too, where it was just not to me, not really befitting a captain. It was just, it was odd. I was not super excited about what he said. It was talking about like, well, we're not man city, so we're not going to win every game. Like, fuck that noise, dude. Yeah. We know we're not man fucking city. No, you need to act like we are. Yeah. We need to act like every game is fucking winnable. Yeah, and this is the thing. You you put on the shirt, you got the badge on the shirt. You know, don't make Tony Romo-esque comments. I know that does if we have any listeners in the UK, hook up what Tony Romo said one time when they lost the Cowboys lost the game. He goes, 
I'm not going to lose sleep over this. Fuck you, bro. Yeah, you we should. do. Yeah. Like, uh, look, the badge is more than any player. We, I think we agree with that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go first on the red card and go then I'll, I'll let yeah, you go. Yeah. Um, so listen up because I know seven of our nine listeners are Fresno irons. 23 now. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> um, but seven of you are Fresno irons. All of you get a red card. I was left by myself <laughs> in the pub. And wouldn't you know it? Two proper Essex East Enders showed up to watch, looked at me and said, where's everybody else? And I went, fuck. Yeah. Um, so all Fresno Irons are put on notice. Your ass better be there this <laughs> Sunday. Yeah. At six goddamn a.m. When we take on Aston Villa and get our season going, we need you there singing songs, drinking beers, playing in the bubbles, bring out the kids. They can fucking take a nap. Fuck you. <laughs> get there. I was so frustrated because I had nobody to talk to these people and they were looking at me like I was weird. We all know I'm an acquired taste. I'm an IPA. We get it. I'm a peated scotch. Okay. <laughs> it's not something that everybody wants to drink all the time. So get your ass there. Help me out. Be the family that we know we are. Still love you all, but you are getting a red card. He's he's honestly he's just mad because he had to eat so many donuts by himself. Fuck. He was like, I bought was two horrible. boxes, two dozens were dozen donuts that Tex had to eat by himself. That is the worst thing is when I take like nine donuts home because I'm gonna <laughs> eat them. And I'm already balding. I don't need to be fat, too. <laughs> right. All right. Who's your red card? I'm going to actually give this to Mark Noble. Yeah. You couldn't have delayed. Hold, hold the I know. And boat. never in my life did I think I would give a red card to Mark fucking Noble. This better be good, Liam. Hear me out. Because you're talking about my guy. I know. Hear me out here. And maybe I've had a little bit too much whiskey because we really tried to kill that fucking bottle. <laughs> we killed we, it. We it's did. Empty. We killed it. So I had more whiskey tonight than I think I've had in the entire run of this show. Three seasons we've been doing this, right? Since 2019, we've been doing Fuckin this. Fucking yeah. Um, Mark, I get it. You wanted to go out on your terms. You had spent so many years dedicated to West Ham. You wanted to spend some more time with the family. We needed you, though. And even if you weren't good, even if you were only going to get one minute of fucking playing time all season, your presence is irreplaceable. You and this is why it's a bittersweet red card, because you saw what we were able to do last season. You saw how far we went. We were at the cusp, the fucking cusp of getting a European trophy that this club has not seen since 1976. Right. Am I right with this? I mean, it's. No, not even, it was earlier than that, right? But it's it's so heartbreaking. Yeah, I would think it was 66 or 65. Yeah, it was 65. Well, it we was do 16. have a World Cup. Well, we had 64 was FA Cup. 65 was the European Trophy, the European Winners Cup. And then 66 was the World Cup, right? Because it was back-to-back-to-back cups from West Ham United. And it's it's just watching these matches, you know that it's the lack of Mark Noble it was 65. Yeah, okay. So I, I, as I worked my way through it, I was right with 65. It's it's just, it's so difficult to watch. Yep. It was so difficult to watch these matches and not be able to go, well, just bring on Mark. Just bring on Noble. He'll fucking handle it. He'll pull everybody up by the bootstraps and get us where we need to go. I just feel like he had one more season 
in him. And I feel like this was the season that we could have fucking taken it all. And I, I get it. I've had too much to drink. We could have fucking swept everything. The Carabao Cup, the fucking European Conference League bullshit trophy. <laughs> it, like if he's coming over to my dude, side, dude. If it's if there's ever been a participation trophy in fucking <laughs> English football or world football, it's the it's the Europa Conference League. We could have taken the FA Cup and fuck me, man. Like this was the quadruple. We could have done it, but no, Mark. You wanted to spend more time with the fucking family, but I mean, good on you, man. Like. Do your thing, like be Sir Mark Noble and and reestablish yourself. Eventually you'll coach West Ham and we'll be excited to see you on the touchline yet again. But man, you're fucking missed. And I just, the, the, the heartbreak is real, bro. The heartbreak is real. That is one of the nicest red cards <laughs> I've ever heard in my entire life. And I want to go on record in no way, shape or form, Mr. Noble, if you're ever listening to this, oh, captain, my captain, would I ever give you a red card? That was Liam's punk ass. Yeah, so don't true. ever put that evil on me. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll, I'll take the I'll take the the L on this one. But you know what? I'm I'll be honest. It's it was it's it still hasn't sunk in that he's retired. There is still that part of me that goes, yeah, he's going to, they'll throw him on last five minutes, 10 minutes of the match. Moyes always knows he's got his, his, that Swiss army knife, right? Like that Trump card. I've got Mark Noble. I can throw, I could throw Noble on and we don't have that. On that sour, bitter note on this sour, bitter show, this is the bitter text telling you, thank you for listening. As always, thank you to Tim and Lee of American Hammers Network for providing us the opportunity to be the Bearded Bastards. Um, We want to say thank you for listening. Again, if you ever want to get involved in the show, if you ever want to ask questions, you want to be on here because you think you can do it better, which you probably can. (laughs) um, Make sure you hit us up on Twitter at at A-H-R-W-H-U. Um, we are still under American Hammers Radio, West Ham United. So please make sure you hook us up that way. If you ever want to get involved with just Liam or myself, please uh, hook up on the Fresno Irons on any social media at, at Fresno Irons on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you find yourself in Fresno, California, and it's Sunday morning at 6 a.m. and you're like, Oh shit, West Ham are playing Aston Villa. I need to go watch the match. Come on down to Full Circle Brewing Company here in Fresno, California and watch with the loudest group in all of Fresno. We'd love to have you and remember your first beers on us. For Liam, this is Tex. And as always, come on, you irons. irons.